golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love the Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of beautiful Ultimate I-4 in the house. Holly G along with... Ooh. Are you are you sporting a beard? A little bit. A little, a little. It's growing out a bit. I need to trim it. Ooh, You're always commenting on my hair and GQ. my outfits and the things. Will Perry. <laughs> Woo! If only GQ knew about it. Yeah, if only we were videotaping, we'd be <laughs> off the air. <laughs> Anywho, oh, we got so much going on tonight, Will. So much golf in the uh, got a pretty good lineup too. Joining the uh, joining the show, we do, we do. But there, there's just so much going on. I don't even know where to start. But let's start with one of my favorite names on the planet, Xander. I love that name, Alexander. Very uh, millennial, Shuffly. Very a very Shuffle. millennial type Shuff- name. Shuff- I should know this. Shuffly, Shuffly. <laughs> what did I say? Shuffle. I think you did. <laughs> Uh, gets his first career victory at the Greenbrier Classic. Down to the wire, sticks it in tight on 18, makes a nice little birdie and inches out uh, someone I was rooting for, full disclosure. Yeah. Um, I, one of my client's sponsors, talk Sebastian about Munoz. Talk about coming out of nowhere. Almost a wire-to-wire win for Sebastian, yeah. a rookie on tour from Colombia, and that would be spelled with two O's. Um, he is a terrific, terrific player. Interesting story. Didn't make it on the web.com, didn't qualify, and played in his hometown of Bogota last year, won the web.com in his hometown, which uh, qualified him for the PGA Tour. Played great in Memphis a few weeks ago, Had a you know was leading, I think, the first two rounds, and uh, you know, kind of uh, fell off on the weekend. Had, had, you know, plus five, plus six, I think, learned a lot from that tournament. I thought he was going to close the deal, um, you know, unfortunately down to. And then the tour reared its its ugly golf head and said, yeah. not too soon, my friend. Well, and he, he was struggling, you know, a few bogeys on the front nine, a few bogeys on the back. He bounced back with a couple of birdies, and uh, but then had that unfortunate bogey on the par 416, hit it over the green into the, you know, uh, some pretty heavy rough. And just uh, missed the par putt. So, uh, and Shoffley closed at the end when he needed to. He and did. That's, that's usually the story. Won it. Won it outright. And you got to like that. And, um, you know, he came on some people's radars at the U.S. Open. Shot, I think, was it first round or second round 66? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he, he started, to, started to show some, some, uh, some good play, some tour stuff. <laughs> and, uh, Goes home with the Greenbrier. Big, big tournament to win. 
Well, especially, um, you know, where the Greenbrier was at last year and not even hosting an event. Um, so I'm sure they were... The, I think the event is really the winner, though, that week with, with getting the community back involved and and bring that golf course back up to the, the point that it was at before, getting that event going back going again, running a successful event. How so amazing they, they did... Had, they did they deserve that, a game ball, too. How amazing did the golf course look? Yeah, I mean... The fact that you consider all the mud and, and the flooding and just everything uh, that that place was going through uh, just a little more than a year ago when, when all of that happened um, to the point where it being in fantastic condition. It's wild how quickly it can turn around, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. John Rahm wins over in Europe. The Irish Open, this was big. They Go were- figure. He goes back over there. And wins has been playing on uh, over here for the last what couple months, um, but that's awesome though. Well, hey, it worked for Phil a few years sure, ago, sure. Uh, so I would say Rom's got to be right up there for as we turn the corner next week to the Open, Open Championship candidate. as a as a favorite. Okay, no doubt about it. Um, Is he going to be your A, your B, your C, or your D pick? Oh, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not going there yet. It's too early in the show, my friend. Um, well, right now, but, but speaking uh, of going there. Uh, you know, the old rules, the old rules situation there on number six, which, uh, as we know, I know um, you love your rules situation. Oh, with the USGA well, and the RNA. you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think the, I think the guy, uh, punted, uh, from the RNA when, when he uh, was asked about, about the actual ruling. But as we know, based on Lexi Thompson and what happened at the ANA, they did, Relax this rule about, you know, replacing mm-hmm. your ball. And the actual wording is the, within the player's reasonable judgment. So when they approached John and he said that he thought he had put it back to the side, again, it was, you know, within uh, inches, I guess, maybe less millimeters. than inches, millimeters. Yeah. Um, and as he said, I could probably make that put 100 times in a row. So, uh, but, you know, certainly he uh, escaped, uh, you know, a penalty in the mismarking. And, uh, but, you know, let's face it, he was six strokes uh, ahead, really a commanding performance by him, despite the weather. And, uh, you know, had a, had a solid, really good victory. Well, and it's good to see him kind of pull through because he's had some, I wouldn't call them weak moments per se, but some challenging moments mentally on the golf course where he's been in some event, some tournaments, but he's kind of learning how to battle through that that mental game uh, aspect now that he's kind of contending very regularly. Yeah, he's had a temper, to be yeah. quite honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Which, what, 23 or whatever year-old yeah. does um, you know, and and I think, but but to the point where I think it's it's uh, had him throw away a couple of tournaments oh, absolutely. for sure, and you know I think he's learned from that, and um, you know that's as tough it is as it is as these guys say every week to put yourself in that position to win. You don't need to force. You don't, throw it you don't away need to force you. a foul on yourself exactly for, for for no reason. There's you know there's enough stuff going on out there and so many so many players wanting to be in that position but um <clears throat> yeah it's you know it's interesting they're trying to you know kind of relax the rules uh, I'm in favor make them of more that friendly I mean, and yet still you know <laughs> he, 
social media jumped all over on this again. Of course. Well, no. you've got all the traditionalists. Um, and then you got the Bernhard Langer thing going on. What? That I didn't anchoring, hear about. Anchoring, not oh, anchoring. Right, right, right. Yeah. He's very, I mean, that is very a okay, very so subjective call. I didn't know, I didn't know, think, know if you were talking about something else or. No, it's still bad down to the anchoring, you yeah. know, and, and whether or not the hand or the club touches the player's clothing. Just a little grazing. Little little brush. Wow. <sighs> All those. Lay uh, off longer. Come on. Well, that's just because he continues to dominate yeah. the, the Champions Tour, so. Whatever. Um, but I think in the end, we're going in the right direction. We want to make golf, you know, certainly more more friendly, and we don't need a whole bunch of armchair quarterbacks, my opinion. And you know I don't give it very often. <laughs> so there you go. Well, we'll have to ask Gary then uh, when he comes on later. I'm yeah, sure we've he's... got a great, great lineup. Um, we're going to go live to the U.S. Women's Open, uh, which is being played in Bed. Minster, New Jersey, just outside, just outside in New York, uh, Trump National Golf Club, and a great finish this past weekend on the LPGA. Catherine Kirk, who hadn't won a a title since 2010, a great standout player from uh, Australia, won the uh, Thornberry Creek LPGA Classic over the weekend, just sneaking by... um, Forgetting who it was now, but I need to pull the leaderboard back. Yeah, up. it was. It, it was, but it was a really good down to the wire finish. Ashley Buhai uh, for uh, a one-stroke victory with a birdie on the final hole. So another great down to the wire finish. So it's going to be interesting, uh, and for the first time ever, senior LPGA yep, championship being played at. Uh, French Lick. I was going to say, you're not going to forget the name on no, that one, are you? French Lick, Indiana. Uh, uh, Big shout out to our friend Brendan That's Sweeney. what I was going to say. Brendan's beat it, <laughs> beat it into your head. Orlando's very own, who uh, is the uh, marketing and business development uh, man at French Lick. But this is big, for and, and hats off to Jane Blaylock for, for her ongoing um, uh, championing of the Legends Tour. This is the first major uh, for the senior women, and um, it's it's coming down to the wire. Uh, the final round in progress right now. I don't know if you have an update. I'm pulling on it up that, right now. Trish Johnson. Uh, Trish Johnson was at, in the lead. Minus, yeah, I think uh, four under. Uh, Laura, Laura Davies, Davies was in the hunt. Wow, Wendy Doolin didn't know that uh, she was playing. She used to be uh, a mental coach that I used to work with at the academy back in the day. And Lisa Lott Neumann, a former U.S. Open champion. So, cool. uh, yeah, I mean, hats off to to uh, the LPGA Senior Championship. It's actually, uh, I think they were showing it live on Golf Channel from 4 to 6. So, so we got a lot of golf to talk about tonight, and uh, we're going to be right back in a couple of minutes. The Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G. Along with Will Perry. We're going to waste no more time. We're going to go straight to the man who covers the best of the best in women's golf. 
for Global Golf Post, Steve Eubanks. Hello, Steve. Hi, how are you doing, Holly? Doing well. How are you, my friend? I'm great, thanks. Are you up in New Jersey? I am indeed. I am, uh, I'm, I'm actually on my way to dinner here in, uh, in uh, Morristown, New Jersey, which is very near Bedminster, so uh, it's, a, it, it's a lovely spot. And uh, did you tell me that you're sitting down uh, having a little tete-a-tete with um, uh, a guy by the name of Paul Azinger? I am, yeah. Uh, Paul's probably my best friend. We've been friends for a number of years, and we're, uh, we're having dinner together tonight. Uh, we don't get to see each other much on the road, but this is one of the weeks when we do. Well, that's awesome. And he's calling the action this week, right, as well with Fox? He is, yeah. That's a, he's, he's with the Fox team that will be calling the action this week. He and uh, Brad Paxton and Julie Engster will be, and, of course, Joe Buck will be in all the weekends. Oh, so. Joe Buck. <laughs> I love, Doesn't he have a football I love game to go, <laughs> yeah. to go cover somewhere? Thank God for Paul. He can, ca- he can carry the day. All right, so, uh, I mean, there's just, I don't even know where to start here. Um, uh, Lexi Thompson sitting uh, right now, what, in the in second place on the race to the CME Globe this year. Uh, so Yun Ru at the top, and Arya Jutanyagarn uh, at third. Brooke Henderson, who won uh, just a couple of weeks ago, at fourth. Who who should we keep in our eye on, Steve? All, all of those. Um I would say that you know, Lexi has been struggling a little bit with the direction on the driver. I know her father, um, who, who Scott, who works with her, is attempting to get her to shorten it up just a little bit on the takeaway. She does, if she, if she has a flaw in that swing, it is a tendency to flip it a little bit at the top, and, and that causes some directional issues. Uh, but if she's able to firm it up at the top, then uh, she's going to, you know, really be in a great position because this, this golf course is longer than most. It is wider than most U.S. Open venues. So th- there is a little bit of wiggle room there. Uh, you'll see a lot of these players pulling driver out of the bag a lot more often than you would expect. What about uh, the, the greens? Is, is it going to favor somebody's, you know, who's, who's going to get hot with the flat stick? Not that familiar with well, Trump the, National. Yeah, the, 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 the greens are huge. I mean, it, the, they are... But they're, but they're all set up in sections, so you're going to have to be very precise with your iron play. Um, you can miss an iron shot pretty badly uh, and still be on the green. You just will have uh, – you'll be in a position where it's almost impossible to two-putt. So it's a, it's a – the greens, in some instances, are as much as 40 yards long from front to back. Wow. So um, Some 120-plus really putts uh, this week. Say again. Some some big 100 plus uh, foot putts this week that we're going to see possibly. Oh yeah, absolutely there will be. There will absolutely be some 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 hundred footers. Um, but you want to find the the player who is dialed in with their iron play so that they can get in on the right levels and can leave themselves some reasonable putts. Now they have not been that firm. Uh, I'm sure they will firm out as the uh, week progresses. But right now they're they're probably running 11. Actually, when I was out today, I saw. Uh, one of the USGA officials out there with the stint meter working on them. So um, I, I know they want to get them around 13. Um, I'm no, I don't think they're quite there yet. Uh, someone who, you know, made a run for it on Sunday but finished just a little bit short, seems like she is always in the mix, Christy Kerr. Uh, she's got to be one of, the, one of the favorites for this week and weekend. Yeah. Well, uh, especially when you start talking about uh, precision irons and, and, you know, needing to have, uh, a good putting week, and you know Christy is, yeah, she is 
laser sharp with her irons and uh, and will always, uh, you know, always rolls the ball well. Uh, you know, the other person that you mentioned is that not only the person that is leading in the race to the CMA Globe, but the current number one player in the world, Soyeon Yu, who is, uh, if, you know, look, she's the best ball striker in the game. It's, it's not even close. Um, she leads in fairways hit. She leads in greens and regulation, uh, total driving. Uh, and, and, you know, I have actually followed her the last couple of days. And, uh, it, you know, it's almost Ben Hogan-like in the um, in the precision that she's putting on it right now. So, uh, again, it all boils down to her holding a few putts. But if she does that, I expect her in the mix as well. Plus, she already has the U.S. Open to her, to her credit. So she knows how, what it takes to win the championship. So last year, Brittany Lang took the title after uh, defeating Anna Nordquist in the playoff. I mean, are we? Is this a U.S. Open where it could be a little bit more of a dark horse that that could contend somebody like Brittany Lang, or is it more of a front runner situation where we do have, you know, all the best players in the world pretty playing pretty well um, at this point? Lydia Ko. Yeah, we do have we, we do have all of the best players playing well, which I think is you know is an indication that you would have to go with one of the favorites. Now, if you'll recall. Lydia Ko, who was the best player in the world at the time, was going for her third major in the road and in a row and led through 54 holes last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brittany Lang was a little bit of a dark horse coming from back on Sunday. Now, I'm not saying that couldn't happen again, but the, just the setup of the golf course and the way, the way things are beginning to shape out, I, I would think that you're looking at, at much more of uh, someone that you know, has won or is, is much more of a household name. If we were going to uh, put into the mix somebody who's won, uh, of course, Michelle Wee winning in Pinehurst uh, seems to have her game coming around. Talk about a long hitter, and it seems, you know, like she's she's uh, tamed some of the demons in her putting. She has tamed some of the demons in her putting, but most importantly for Michelle, she's very confident now of playing basically Bruce Litsky golf. She lines up on the left side of the fairway takes it completely out of play and hits the cut every single time. Uh, and, and, you know, she's very comfortable with that. What no, doesn't matter what the hole does, if it turns left, if it turns right, she's going to line up left and cut it. And, and now that she has basically eliminated half of the golf course, I think she's, uh, she's much more confident in going ahead and taking some freewheeling swings. Well, switch just for a moment to get a, your thoughts on this 14-year-old amateur who won uh... – in, for the first to be the youngest winner in the ladies' European tour history, winning over in Thailand, uh, pretty remarkable. She she just edged out Lydia Ko, who uh, was the youngest at 15 years old. Yeah, you know, you just wonder how how young they can get uh, before they start competing on the world stage like this. Now, um, you know, I, I firmly believe Holly, and I think if you've been around the game for any number of years, you understand that. Everyone has a window in which they, they play their best golf. Um, I sure do hope that this girl hasn't hit her window at age 14 uh, and then has it fall away by age 18 or 19. Uh, you want to hit that peak around 20 to 21 years old so that you have uh, an extended career when, you're, when your body is mature and you, know, you have the, the mental capability to, to handle that level of success. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, the, 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 uh, the winners keep getting younger, and I keep being surprised. Well, we know someone that has some experience in that department. That's Michelle Wee. Absolutely. Oh, well, Absolutely. and that's what I was going to say. That. Yeah, that's something that you touched on. It seems like 
especially in the women's game, they definitely do peak a heck of a lot earlier than than they do in the men's game. And even just taking like the Michelle Wee case and a lot of other uh, juniors and amateurs who have played really well at in their their teenage years. Um, can you touch a little bit on that, maybe? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know that uh, we have all been around long enough to remember Ari and Nari Song, uh, who as juniors were, you know, were playing in the in the ANA Inspiration and, and you know finishing very high on the money list, and, and people were saying, "Wow, these kids are, are you know they can't miss." Well, they did miss, uh, and it was because they they simply peaked too early. Um, and, you know, you saw that with Michelle Wee. You've seen that with a number of other players over the years. Maybe even um, Morgan Pressel to some degree. Morgan Pressel, you were saying? Yeah, but uh, he was kind of just yeah. finishing it out there. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's not the case for some of these these younger up-and-coming juniors. But it's kind of kind of part of the nature of golf a little bit, too, though, isn't it? So many players playing day in, day out, week in, week out, competing and trying to get to that level. Yeah, I mean, obviously they they all want to reach the ultimate goal, and and you know they are working so much harder, and there is so much competition at at an early age now uh, that you have these kids, you know, they they have done nothing but golf their entire lives, and you know they they are going. Some of them are going to peak early. No doubt about it. So um, one other final um, note: we we lost a just a huge person in the world of of golf both golf and women's golf, and that was Louise Solheim, wife of Ping founder Karsten Solheim, who passed away at the age of 99. Uh, back when I was at the LPGA in 1990, we, uh, she was the one that uh, cre- created and was the founder of the Solheim Cup, which is now, of course, we know, the, the women's uh, Ryder Cup, if you will. And uh, she, she, she was side-by-side side with her husband in building that company and has done so, so many th- great things for women's golf. Yeah, I believe that without uh, Louise, there would have been no Carson. And uh, without Carson, there would have been, uh, you know, the game would have been a lot poorer and there would have been a lot fewer innovations than we have seen today. Uh, and certainly the Solheim Cup is the legacy that, uh, that, will, that will go on for a long, long time with those two. Um, and again, this year, I think you were, we're going to see uh, in Des Moines a lot of tributes being paid. But um, uh, more importantly, I mean, I think the lasting legacy is going to be uh, the fan support and uh, all those all those people out there cheering at Solheim Cup. How about this? Fourteen grandchildren, forty-seven great grandchildren, fourteen great great grandchildren. That's a lot. Wow. Pretty incredible. Yeah, so, uh, certainly someone we're going to miss in this game uh, tremendously. So, Steve, uh, before we let you hop off to dinner, who's your pick for the U.S. Women's Open? I would have to say that if I if I were going to pick right now, I'd have to have two picks: Lexi Thompson if she putts well, and Soyeon Yu if if, uh, if she's striking it the way she's striking it right now. Well, we always allow two picks here at the Golf Insiders. Well, that's true. It's a Holly G rule. It is a Holly G rule. All right, Steve <laughs> Eubanks, as always, we appreciate spending time with us. Uh, have a great week there in Bedminster, and uh, as always, check. All of Steve's stuff out at GlobalGolfPost.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play at Pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my Muni. I think it's nice. It's just make a part. Yeah.
Welcome back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G and Will Perry. And Will, as you know, we've got that awesome partnership with Big Summer Golf Card. And hey, July the 12th. So plenty of time left through the end of, of October. August, September, October, and some, some right through December. So give yourself a little treat. Check out the Big Summer Golf Card, bigsummergolf.com. Get the best rates all summer long. And uh, your favorite courses are all Disney, on there. Disney, Orange County National, uh, Black Bear, some others down in the resort area. Timaquan, the, the ones you'd expect to be there. Over 35 courses in the Orlando area. And uh, right now, uh, for 30 bucks, you can get it for half price, bigsummergolf.com. And we're going to give away some swag because we love to do that. Caller number three, 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255. Big Summer Golf Card can be yours, 407-916-8255. We're going to waste no more time going to one of our favorite men in the field on his way back from the Buckeye Tour in beautiful Ohio, Gary Van Sickle. The one, the only. How are you, my friend? Well, oh, pretty good. I'm not sure anyone's ever said in beautiful Ohio before, but, you know, it's uh, maybe other than the Chamber of Commerce, you know, they say it a lot. Hey, but, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's there in Cleveland. My niece lives in, lives in Cleveland. Shout out. Hello, Carolyn. Um, there are a lot of good things about Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, you know, <laughs> It's a shame the Browns aren't any good because the Browns and Steelers was one of the most fun rivalries in football. Uh, so we miss that. So Steeler fans would never admit they miss the Browns, but they really do because everybody hates the Ravens. Who cares? The well, Browns was more of a now. yeah. The Browns was the Steelers Browns was more about people you know city against city. It just wasn't just about the football team. It's like. Yeah, Cleveland sucks. Oh, yeah, Pittsburgh sucks more. Oh, you know, I mean, it was, but in a in a in a good way, if that's possible. So that's that's kind of missing. The Indians and Pirates don't play in football, and you know, Pittsburgh doesn't have a pro basketball team. Well, and, hey, uh, which you, is probably a good thing. You so, know, as a diehard Cleveland, we just don't admit it. As a diehard Buffalo Bills fan, we love the Browns because we at least can beat the Browns. <laughs> yeah. uh, to hang well, your hat on Buffalo, something. Buff- yeah. That's right. Buffalo will probably get an NFL franchise one of these years. So oh, I'm looking forward that's to that. so wrong. That's so wrong. We digress. Uh, so our uh, world famous uh, scribe, uh, let's let's talk about how things are shaping up for the Open Championship next week uh, with this big win by John Rahm over the Irish Open. He's got to be tops on the uh, betting pools over there right now. He would think so. You know, he was one of my picks for the U.S. Open, and uh, he I think he missed the cut. So you just don't know if the guy's peaking too early or not. You know, I was about to say this is – I think we're going into the, the British Open or the Open Championship, as they prefer us to call it, kind of the way we went into the U.S. Open. It's wide open. The top players in the world really are kind of off their games, and it's wide open for anybody else like Brooks Kepka or John Rahm or – you know, maybe some former major winner who's found his game again, like Adam Scott, or, uh, you know, I don't know. Does Danny Willett still even alive? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 you, I don't go into this. How about going, the beef? 
Yeah, uh, the beef. Well, you know, I like I support anybody who's sponsored by Arby's because I like Arby's. So uh, he'd be he'd be awesome. But honestly, how would you how would you pick a favorite going into this thing? Who's done anything on a consistent basis? I agree. This John Rahm is a superstar who, if he's not already, is about to happen. Uh, if he won three majors in a row, I wouldn't go. Holy cow! I'd go. Yeah, he's that good. So. He's a great pick. You know, we can't write off Sergio. It seems like Sergio's still enjoying the, the green jacket. Well, wouldn't you be? have kind of a master's hangover. Yeah. Well, would I wear that to Wimbledon with my hot girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> I would wear that so, thing everywhere. I would go. I would do like Phil did, and I would go to the Dunkin' Donuts drive through <laughs> window with that on, making sure not to get any frosting glaze on it. <laughs> uh, so what did you think about the uh... – Avoiding the penalty for mismarking his ball uh, decision for John Rahm. I know you play very, very high competitive golf as an amateur. What are your thoughts on well, that? Well, I hate to admit that I was out at a uh, boondoggle at the uh, grand opening of a new course at Nemecolin Woodlands called Shepherd's Rock. They have two courses now. So to be honest, I didn't see it. But it's pretty hard to mismark your ball accidentally because these guys are seasoned veterans. Uh, you know, I go back to the Lexi Thompson incident. That looked like somebody who was desperately trying to get away from something in her line. And the fact that she, you know, her only excuse at the time was, well, I didn't intend to break the rules. It's like, well, what was your intent? Because she never explained what she was doing. Well, I'll tell you what she was doing. She was budging the rules. She, I think that was a professional courtesy. She thought everybody in the tour got. And I've heard since that incident that some other players were like, yeah, she's been doing that for a while, and they were kind of fed up with it. So you didn't hear many people really support her mistake. You heard a lot of people say the way the rule was uh, enacted and enforced was wrong, which I agree with. But uh, So, I mean, I, I'd, lo- I'd love to have an opinion on John Rahm, but I, I haven't seen it. But I will just say, if you're a professional golfer, you can't mark your golf ball wrong, and I'd be stunned if it was an accident. You know, I mean, these guys have done this all their lives. Marking the ball is sacred. You should treat it that way, and I think most players do. But, uh, you know, if he got caught fudging it or being careless, uh, I, I'd be surprised. So, I mean, I, I didn't see it. I hate to, I hate to find him guilt, pronounce him guilty, but no, to he, me, you just don't, you don't mismark your ball. You just right. don't. Well, it was a similar situation. He marked his ball to the side, and when he put the ball back, he marked. He put the ball in front of the mark when he was okay. when, well, he, was, that's, that's when he was approached. Yeah, when he was yeah. approached by the official, or you know, he, he he said, "quote I think I put it back to the side. I think." Yeah. And the well, that that's he got caught. Okay, that's that's that simple, <laughs> and he should have got a penalty for that because he he violated the spirit of the rule, not to mention the rule. So. It's not that hard to put your ball back where it was. Okay, you might miss by a tenth of an inch or a quarter of an inch, but uh, you're not going to miss by an inch, or in Lexi's case, like two and a half inches. So, uh, yeah, he should have got a penalty for that. And, you know, uh, in Spain, they are not known for playing by the rules. If you go to Spanish amateur golf and talk to anybody who's played over there. Well, you teed that up just perfectly because in in any other sport, we're playing or graying the rules is is like it's – it's what you do. I mean, hockey, football, baseball, golf. I mean, you can't get away with anything like that, really. But yeah, it, yeah. Well, it, it, honestly, that's the mindset. Look, you know, Bill Belichick. How many is there <laughs> any rules that he hasn't broken? You know, you get applauded for what you get away with. Baseball, stealing signals 
from the catcher is considered an art form. They're stealing the third, you know, the signs. You know, that's that's considered high art. How is that different from cheating? You know, tell me. I mean, it's really it's not the different. It, it really isn't, and it's a different mindset in those other sports. In golf, you're self-policed, and that's why it's such a big deal when something like this happens because there's this, oh, golf, a gentleman's game, everyone – you know what? That's a crock. There's just as many cheaters in golf at every level, in amateur golf and recreational golf, as there is anywhere else. They just – you know, at the top level, they know there's too many people watching them, so they don't try to get away with it. But, you know, the occasional Mark McCummer or Lexi Thompson or Jane Blaylock or – John Rahm, you know, gets caught. And, you know, the, the rule they abuse the most, I would say, is where the ball crossed the lateral hazard uh, and where they drop it. And the second one would be, uh, you know, the casual water rule. That's kind of a professional courtesy they give each other. Oh, come on. So you know that, you that, use the foot wedge when you're when you're playing on thir- on Monday through Thursday. Oh, and... that, oh amateurs. I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about. <laughs> I know. Oh, amateurs. Hey, how about, and you know, to me, the, there's, yeah, there's people who, there's people who, uh, who downright, you know, Look, if you're a senior, you're out playing with your buddies for fun. You're probably not even playing for money. You're out there to have fun. You're in a divot. Why would you hit it? Of course you're going to move it. The idea is to have fun. But I'm talking about on the PGA Tour, if you even smell, think there's water there, you, hey, I got casual. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead and hit it. And they get a drop and move on. So, uh, But to me, sandbagging is maybe the worst handicap because that's totally intentional. Not only the guys who – got a career round going who, you know, they've won the money for the day. So, oh, isn't it funny how they three-putt the last three holes or, you know, not tack a couple shots on to keep their handicap at nine when they're really a four, and then they play in club events where there's, you know, prizes and stuff. Uh, that's all intentional. Or people who just post scores that are higher, you know, with computers now, you don't even have to go out and play. You just go computer, post a score, and nobody knows if you did or not. So I, I think, you know, it starts at amateur golf. That's probably – Recreational golf is probably where the most cheating is, but to be honest, most of us aren't expecting our friends. We're out to have fun, but tournament golf is a different matter. We're talking with Gary Van Sickle, formerly with Sports Illustrated, now with The Morning Read. If you're not getting it, you should, themorningread.com. Gary, you've covered so many open championships. Tell our listeners a little bit about Royal Birkdale going uh, to Southport, England this year, and I believe, isn't that the town uh, the hometown of tommy fleetwood yes i believe it is if you were looking for a dark horse pick at least on this side of the the atlantic he's your guy because he should know that place inside and out and he just Uh, won a couple weeks ago so he's trending in the right direction too. and and he's not a he's he's a household name over in over in the uk so he's not a dark horse over there he probably to be honest if you were picking a favorite he and john rom might be the two favorites because you know, I don't know if Dustin Johnson's going to slip on a stairway and Jordan Spieth, uh, you know, who knows where he is at the moment. Uh, I mean, there's another guy. But, yeah, Burkdale's another one of those. You know, it's funny because I actually remember the course next door to Burkdale. There kind of has a sister course called Hillside because I played a few times there. Uh, in the early 90s, I was playing with Tim Roseford, who's now with the Golf Channel, and a member and somebody else. And I actually made a hole-in-one on my front nine. And Tim still gives me grief about it because I didn't react at all. I acted like nonchalant. To be honest, I thought it, the ball disappeared over the green. I thought I missed the green. It went over and long. He's, oh, you know, like, oh, it's went in the cup. And, like, I don't think it did. 
And I didn't want to celebrate. You know, you don't want to jinx yourself and go, ah, it's a hole-in-one and get up there and find out you're over the green because that's what I thought. So to this day, he gives me flack about not celebrating a hole-in-one when it went in because I didn't think it did. So I actually have more memories of Hillside Hillside than uh, – I think Hillside is where they park cars for the Open, you know, that week. But it's a fun course. And, you know, Brookdale's got a little of everything. It's got some flat, flattish holes with the big bunkers. It's got some – it's got a few hills. And I remember – Ian Baker Finch there in, uh, was it 91, I think, when he won. He shot 29 in the front. Uh, I mean, I would say it's, you, you know, all, all the open courses, especially in England, I mean, you're dependent on what the weather's been. Uh, if it's wet, you got thick, thick, rough, you don't want to be. And if it's been dry and toasty, um, you know, that's it, totally different. Now, I, I've got a story coming up on Morning Read probably this week about the 1976 open that Johnny Miller won at Burkdale, which is funny because nobody, everybody talks about Johnny Miller at Oakmont. Nobody talks about his second win, which is the, the open at Burkdale. And he beat out this young kid who led the first three rounds, this 19 year old named Severano Ballesteros. Uh, and it was, it was a great open until the last day where Seve, you know, the 19 year old kind of fell apart. And Miller ran away with the final 66, but a lot of weird stuff happened that week. The thing was the course was dry and toasty. In fact, uh, it was so dry they had six six brush fires at the course, including one Thursday morning that was over by the second tee, and it was endangering the, the 18th hole grandstand. They actually had to stop play till they got the fire out, and they had to wait for the smoke to blow off the so people could see the tee off at number one. <laughs> uh, so it was super hard. Nicholas said at the time that was the hottest uh, he'd ever been in a, at a major championship. Of course, Jack wasn't around in 2007 at Tulsa for the PGA. So speaking, speaking of a, a, a you know, a, it seems like a long time since last year's Open Championship, won by Henrik Stenson. Where's Henrik been? He, I think, he and Danny Willett, you know, went to the same hideout, and have just it just vanished out of sight, isn't it? You know, that's that's the thing about golf when you, especially when you're like forty, you're like forty years old, like Stenson was. When you finally get your major, you know, it's the crowning achievement of your career. It's just human nature to get complacent and back off a hair. And uh, the next thing you know, you know, you're nowhere to be found. So I I, I go back to our opening comments. Who knows? This this Open is wide open, just like the U.S. Open. Is Brooks Kepa going to go over and win an Open? I mean, I don't know. How good is he? Has he got a U.S. Open hangover? Maybe. I mean, there's just a lot of unanswered questions. Jason Day keeps saying how good he's, how close he's playing to, how close he is to playing really good. Uh, Phil Mickelson's got a new caddy. I mean, I, I just don't, I just don't know who you put your finger on. I mean, maybe Spieth after that that great finish in Hartford. But uh, I like the fact that you brought up Tommy Fleetwood. He might be your if he, you're in a he might be the one pool here in the yeah. If you're in the office pool here in the states, you might want to pick up Tommy Fleetwood. But you can probably get him, and if you're having a draft, you can probably get him in about the third round because nobody else is going to know about him. But that that's a great pick. All right. Well, we are going to be. Uh... Keeping our eyes on him next week. And as always, we love spending some time with Gary Van Sickle. Check him out on The Morning Read. Thanks, Gary. You got it. You listen to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments. None of which they do very well. I want my dream. 
We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with Will Perry. Will, how about this story? You heard about this guy down in Fort Myers who punched his way out of a gator attack? Are you kidding me? No, thanks. Ouch. Literally, the gator had his entire arm down his throat. Kind of like Chubbs. He was diving for golf balls. He was diving for golf balls. All of a sudden, the gator grabbed his arm while he was grabbing golf balls. Wouldn't let go. He started to roll with him, right? That's like the worst. You don't want to get in the roll with the gator. The guy's name was Scott Lahodic and uh, retired from the military 29 years ago. Uh, Just started punching him between the eyeballs. And... Gator finally let go, uh, 400 stitches and staples in his arm. I don't know. Wrestling with a gator underwater. I'd be letting go of the golf balls <laughs> and getting out of there. Good luck. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's a pretty crazy story. We're going to waste no more time. We've got so much more golf to talk about. We've got the women's U.S. Open. We've got the seniors, the champions, have their constellations uh, players championship? There, I mean the, the the seniors, man, they're just backed up with majors. It's right. crazy, absolutely. And we already talked about having the women's uh, first senior, senior championship as well. So we've got all kinds of events going on this week. So we're going to go to a man who's covered golf for more than uh, more than he wants to admit, but it allows him to have plenty of cigars and umbrella drinks on his back porch. The one, the only. Mr. Steve from the Village's Sun. Hello, my friend. Steve Tribbett. Good afternoon, boys and girls. It's a beautiful day in the Villages. Ah, uh, we know it is. Did you play a little golf today? I uh, know. I'm uh, still recovering from a... Uh, oh, your shoulder. 70. Yes. My rest of my body is 70. My left shoulder is 142. Oh. So it's uh, oh. Still, uh, well, we might have a to, little ancient. We might have to turn you on to fling golf. No, 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 no. Oh, so listen. It's kind of like anti-religious to not get in a round of golf uh, during a day up there, though, isn't it? I mean, you're going to have a lot of rounds to make up. If uh, they found out I've gone six months without playing golf, they'll probably throw me out tomorrow. (laughs) No doubt about uh, it. I make make up for it at happy hour, so they let me stay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the the champions are, I I don't know, is this their third major this week? Um, This year, rather. I mean, this year. uh, We've got quite uh, an interesting um, uh, tightening of the Schwab Money Cup uh, list. Uh, Bernhard Longer, of course, leading the way. But Kenny Perry with that big win a couple of weeks ago. And Freddie Couples is playing well. You've got the mechanic, Miguel Angel Jimenez, sitting uh, number five. Uh, these, you know, it's it's fun to watch the the Champions Tour. Oh, absolutely! Uh, it's the only sport in the world where you get a mullet. You know, uh, golf. You get to go play for a lot of money when you're old. Uh, the problem, my problem with the Champions Tour is I've having personal connection there. Uh, Brant Joe, who's been playing very well lately. Uh, I played golf with Brant Joe when he was in high school, so I suddenly felt very old when I see him, you know, playing well on the Champions Tour. Well, I think a lot of us feel old when we consider that John Daly is now playing on the Champions Tour. Big, long well, makes, John. 
that makes everything more fun when John shows up. Uh, the whole world changes then. You know, you, you know, somebody could be shooting 27 under par, and John would be hitting 20 in the lake, and people would be watching John and ignoring the guy shooting 25 under par. That's just John Daly. God bless him. Absolutely. Always but... been a paralyzing figure. Oh, absolutely. Well, golf one time had characters. You know, and there are still some characters today, but not bigger than life characters. John was a bigger than life character. He was a he was a Walter Hagen, a Jimmy Demerit, that kind of a personality plus drama plus crisis player. And uh, you know, it's like same people sit in the room. the same people that watch John Daly sit in the fourth turn in Daytona. You know, they're there for the wreck. <laughs> well, they're going to uh, Caves Valley Golf Club in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so, you know, a good, uh, you know, a fun, fun place to be watching this week and weekend up there in Baltimore. We love Baltimore. This is one of the greatest weekends in golf all year. You have, you have the major on the Champions Tour. You have the U.S. Women's Open, arguably the biggest women's golf tournament in the world. Next week is going to be the Open at Birkdale. Uh, you know, the next seven to ten days of golf is going to be just absolutely magnificent. Uh, no matter what, no matter what you turn on, you're going to find good golf, and that's that's why we like the game. Absolutely, I know. You know, you've covered all the tours for a long time. Uh, who do you think is is the best uh, best to keep our eyes on from uh, the American players for for the U.S. Women's Open? Oh, you round up the usual suspects. I keep thinking that one of these days, Stacy Lewis is going to find herself again. She's been a little bit lost in whatever you know people get lost in when they play golf for a long time. We were talking about it. You know, when, when do you burn out? And how do you maintain that level for a long time? And I think one day Stacy is going to find herself again, and wouldn't be you know the U.S. Women's Open wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad place to do that. Yeah, so I'm gonna watch what watch what Stacy's doing and watch what Lexi's doing just because to see how she comes back from what happened at the diner. I refuse to call it the A and A. It's still the Dyna. It was always the Dyna. It always will be the Dyna. Well, what about you know other players like Christy Kerr and um, oh shoot, Brittany Lang, Jarena Pillar. Yeah, Jarena Pillar. That was the one that I was trying to remember. I mean, she's uh, played Paula well Kramer in big events it. like this. Paula Kramer's already won an Open. She's uh, you know another one. She's you know, her life is with the you know getting married and the whole nine yards of that and the you know settling in and finding herself again. Uh, you know, I talked to her uh, about a year ago this time, and she seemed like she was getting ready to play golf again and uh, play golf seriously. And when uh, when Paula gets, uh, especially gets her putter working, she's she's very very hard to beat. Well, let's not forget too that we've got the John Deere, uh, which unfortunately is minus uh, Jordan Spieth this year. Um, you know, uh, probably disappointing for for the tournament to not have Jordan there. Uh, as he has won in the past. But, um, you know, who who do you think we should be watching this, this week? We've just got about a minute left, Steve. Thanks, uh, Matty. Uh, John Deere's one of those great events. That's what the PGA Tour used to be. That you had the majors, but the rest of the events were little towns all over the country that didn't have other athletic events. That was the big deal of the year was when the PGA Tour came to town. And it's still that way at the John Deere. The John Deere is... The John Deere is a throwback tournament to 60 years ago. God bless it. Uh, and some kid's going to go out there and win that thing and maybe 
that'll be his big step. All right, Steve. As always, we love to spend a little bit of time with you, and um, we're we're gonna make a couple of picks. We appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes and uh, go back to that tasty cocktail. I uh, certainly will. Thank you. And Have check, a nice day, guys. Check Steve out on our blog, The Golf Insiders. Uh, he's got some great stories, and we'll be doing a lot of our coverage for the Open next week. All right, Will. I'm going to take Zach Johnson, and I'm also going to tweet these out so that we don't forget them for next week. Oh, our picks, huh? Since you've been giving me a hard time about about us not remembering them. Oh, my goodness. Uh, who am I going with? Who am I going with? I'm uh, going to take a little mm, throw a dart here. Uh, <laughs> Robert Streb. Ow. Robert Streb, who had a great tournament last week. I don't think I've ever picked him for anything ever. Well, you know, I've just got a thought about this one. The Golf Insiders, we're out of here. We love you. Bye-bye.